It is Tuesday, February 21st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The system lets us down. But it's got four chances to make it up to us. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Kansas Jayhawks 63, TCU 58, an upset winner? Giannis has a ligament sprain in his right wrist and other player movement in the NBA. Let's start with college hoops, though, and let's start with a, a we've talked about the system ad nauseum. And I guess, McKenzie, what's the uh, the updated numbers on our system? 46 up, 24 down. All right. And now, let's clarify, because there's a lot of different systems. People are floating around on the Twitter sphere. But that's not the system. It's not the system. I, Capital I, T. The, our system, the system is any lower-ranked college basketball program that is favored over a higher-ranked college basketball program. This can be road or home. This can be unranked versus ranked, whatever. Just any lower-ranked team favored against a higher-ranked team. And TCU closed as the favorite last night, the number 24 team in the nation, against number three, Kansas. Yeah, and Kansas takes care of business. They jumped out to a lead. They had a good lead at halftime. TCU looked like they were trying to get back in the game, and late game collapse, I guess you would say, by TCU. It wasn't wasn't late game collapse, I'd say. I think it was just late game inefficiency. Watching them perform in the closing three minutes, I'd say, maybe even less than that, They had so many chances to pull within one or to tie the game, and they had just no offense. They didn't run any plays. They kept dribbling it into crowds and throwing up bad shots at the basket. They couldn't—you want to talk about bad shots at the basket, AJ. They couldn't hit a shot from the rim. Well, let's just put this into perspective. So the final score of this game— was Kansas 63, TCU 58. Yeah. With 4.45 to go in the game, Kansas had 60 points. Yep. Meaning in the last 4.45 of this game, Kansas scored three points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And TCU mustered five. Yeah. Like you cannot lose a game they, where you hold. They, they kept on. TCU did a good job of getting stops. And they had every opportunity, but in the second half, they shot 6 of 23 from two. From two-point range. That's any field goal inside the arc. They shot 6 of 23 in the second half. It, It was unbelievable every time. Like I said, it was terrible offense. They would dribble it into a crowd of people and just... Throw it blindly at the rim. Boy, you can look at the uh, you can look at the shot chart on ESPN, and you can filter by half. There are a lot of empty purple circles in the second half. Five <laughs> points in the last seven minutes and twenty seconds for TCU. Ugh, we've seen this happen to a lot. I mean, we talked about Michigan. It happened to Michigan last week, where the last five minutes scored nothing. It's it's crazy. These teams melting down in the final minutes of games. But uh, I mean, in a way, 
I thought the mar- I thought the market was a little silly for pushing TCU to a favorite. Well, I mean, it's the system. I know. I, lay it off? I didn't want to get onto it. I, yeah. We talked about this yesterday. I was like, I just don't feel comfortable with it, given that Miles is back after just one game. He didn't play that well. I, it's but. It's almost like, man, they were right. It's just TCU didn't do their part. Like the fact that TCU should have won this game is like, how, how did they? How how is this the performance they put up? And Miles inefficient once again. By the way, four of fourteen from the field. Yeah, he missed um, four shots inside the paint in the second half. Yeah, most of them came in the final possessions because it, watching the way that TCU closed this game out, they would get the ball up beyond half court. Then everyone would just stop. And then Miles was being double teamed. They'd wait for him to get close to the basketball and pass him the basketball. And then he would just drive into a crowd of people. I'll be honest. If you told me before this game happened that Jalen Wilson was going to go three of 11 and score seven points, I would have said, oh, Kansas is in some trouble. Like when one of the top five players in the country has a night like that, you say, oh, they're probably not going to win. Uh, but kudos to Kansas, who is now, I mean, as much as I've doubted them this whole season, it looks like now they, they've they worked their way into a a real national championship contender. Like back to the, back? The likelihood is they're going to be on the one line. Um, this is a this is a legit squad, man. I, I didn't want to believe it early in the season, mm. uh, but I'm starting to come they around. better get a harder path this time. Come uh, on. If they just walk to the second <laughs> back-to-back, they're like one of the great teams of all time. Well, not even that good. Here's the good news. It's it's highly unlikely that they'll play North Carolina in the final again, an eight seed, <laughs> uh, because I don't think North unless they unless they somehow avoided that one, unless they put the NIT champion in the uh, the finals. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think NC, I don't think NC is making the tournament. So. so the latest bracketology from Joe Lenardi of ESPN, which was a couple of days ago, so I would assume there's going to be an update in maybe today or tomorrow. He has Kansas as the one seed in the East, which means a potential second round matchup against. Missouri or Duke, a potential Sweet 16 matchup against St. Mary's or even UConn, and an Elite Eight matchup with, you know, Arizona, Michigan State, Virginia, Northwestern maybe. So, yeah, an easy path. (laughs) (laughs) Back to back. Yeah, that's interesting that they would put uh, Kansas in the East and, like, I looked at what Lenardi had uh, yesterday. I guess it was yesterday, and it was Alabama in the South, which made sense. They're, the South is in Louisville. Yeah. Uh, the Midwest, it's which is Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. You think that's where Kansas would end up? But the, it depends on who's above them, and if Houston is above them right now, Houston's the number one team in the nation. So Houston, Houston wants to be in Kansas City. Houston's going to get the closest geographical location to Houston. I, w- I would think Houston want to be in Vegas. Whatever I, I don't know, but yeah, do, you're right. You know, I mean, if Houston's the number one overall seed, they get the closest geographic region. So, uh, yeah, maybe Houston does get Kansas City. Maybe it's too much. Don't you think there would be a lot of complaints if Kansas, as the fourth number one seed, got to play in Kansas City? But, uh, listen, I, all this is all dependent on conference tournaments because, of course. you know, if if Purdue wins the Big Ten tournament, suddenly they've got to say. If Alabama wins the SEC tournament, they mm-hmm. should have a say. Like, there's a lot that can happen between now and then. I'm not convinced that Houston's going to be the number one overall seed. Okay. I, I don't know that we're there yet. Uh, but I, I think right now Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Purdue are the the four firm number one seeds, barring some sort of, uh, you know, collapse or a, a, a huge run in a postseason by someone else. Um, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know, man. Kansas is a team. It's funny because Kansas has kind of snuck up on me. But I, I, it feels like for the last two months I've been like, yeah, Kansas is good, not great. Good, not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this game pretty much – this and I guess what they did to Baylor coming back from just getting crushed in the first half to blow out Baylor over this last weekend, it's pretty much settled in my mind that this Kansas team is legit. They had a three-game losing streak. Uh, from January 17th to 23rd, they lost to Kansas State in overtime on the road, lost to TCU at home, lost to Baylor on the road. They just avenged the Baylor and TCU games. They they already avenged that Kansas State game. Uh, but since that three-game stretch, they've gone 7-1, and one, and I don't know if they're going to lose again. That last game of the season against Texas at Texas is going to be fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ken Palm projects that as Texas minus one. I my guess is because Kim Palm always has to pick a winner. My guess is that game will probably be a pick 'em. So I, I, that's that's the game that's going to decide a lot, in my opinion. But Kansas is one hundred percent the real deal. And I, at this point, I think we really have to question what we've got in TCU because TCU put together a nice run to start the season. You don't go thirteen and one on accident, but a team that starts out thirteen and one, who's now eighteen and ten. I don't know how much I trust them. Yeah, uh, and you know, a couple the win against the win against Kansas, that first win against Kansas is great. Other than that, it's should we be looking to fade them come tournament time? At TCU, yeah, I I feel like yes. I to me, it's yes. I I, I don't think this team that what what they have to do to be great is dominate the paint because they can't shoot a lick. They are three hundred fifty fourth in three point percentage in the country. They they can't shoot from outside, so they have to be able to get inside and, and dominate. And I, I don't know that they've got the the personnel to do it. Uh, it's a it's a good team, but there's no way. There's people who think they were, like a month ago thought they were a national championship contender. I don't know how you can possibly think that. So what are we looking at now? The system let us down last night. Bummer. But do we have chances to make up for it tonight? Oh, yes, friend. We've got more than a chance. We got more than two chances. We got more than three chances. We got four chances with the system tonight. And, you know, you never know. Things could change over the course of the morning. It's happened to us before. Sometimes we pick up a system play, lose a system play. Uh, But we'll go through them for you real quick. Texas A&M is probably the closest one, and that that one – I have no idea where it's going to land. Number 25, Texas A&M, is a one-point favorite right now over number 11, Tennessee, at home. It could move. Yeah. It could move. But it feels like a lot of the Sharps are on Texas A&M here. It opened up plus one, now minus one for Texas A&M. Yep. And that one back and forth on the one, like that might flip two or three times. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have a great feel for where it's going to land, though. Tennessee coming off the loss at Kentucky. Tennessee coming off several losses recently. Like, Tennessee – is it a month ago? Well, they had the huge win over Alabama at home. That's their only win in the last four games. Yeah, so. a, a month ago, a month ago, we would have talked about uh, about Tennessee, who blew out Texas. At that point, they were sitting at eighteen and three. They were on the one seed line. Period. Since then, they've gone two and four. Uh, they lost to Vanderbilt. They, you know, they lost to Missouri. A loss at Texas A and M would not do well for this resume. And I don't know what to think of Tennessee right now. They are so bad on offense. It is dreadful at times on offense. 
Uh, so any given game, if like it, it's a good possibility they don't get to you know fifty five points. And if no matter how good your defense is, if you don't score fifty five points, you're, you're probably at best fifty fifty because most teams are going to score fifty five points. So I don't have a, a great feeling about Tennessee right now. It's a team I liked early in the season. I'm kind of fading right now. Texas A and M continues to just win games. Now they've they've been in some good spots. They've avoided some you know some good teams here and there. Uh, but they're winning all the games that are put in front of them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people thought they were going to lose this weekend against Missouri. Uh, that was one of the more heavily bet games was Missouri minus three. Everybody said, oh, Missouri blows, blows out A&M. Nope, <laughs> not the case. 69-60, Missouri uh, goes down to Texas A&M. But this is, you know, the best team that Texas A&M seen all season. You know, at Tennessee, and at their best – you know, Tennessee, Alabama, who they'll play at the very end of the season, those are the best teams that Texas A&M will be capable of seeing. So uh, Texas A&M, if you, if you want to say maybe they haven't played the toughest schedule, you know, it, it's a reasonable thing to say. Um, but this is a big opportunity for them. I, I don't have a great feel for how this game goes. I, I'm, I'm not going to be involved in it. Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh will be a system play, at least as of now they are. Virginia Tech also minus one. They opened it, or they were minus two uh, last night. So there's maybe some money coming in on Miami. Now, Miami did burn us on a system play when North Carolina was favored at home over the Hurricanes uh, as the system play, and Miami went in there and dominated that game. Then again, everybody dominates North Carolina lately. Miami and Virginia Tech are two interesting, uh, like the way the market handles those two teams is very interesting. Miami is not great in the numbers. Like the the analytics say that Miami's not all, I mean, it says they're better than Virginia Tech. Don't get me wrong. But for whatever reason, Miami keeps getting a plus next to their name. Mm -hmm. They've won six straight games and everybody's like, no, no, they're they're about to, they're about to drop one. Here it comes, (laughs) here it comes, here it comes. Virginia Tech. In uh, ACC play has been pretty dreadful. They're six and ten in ACC play. They were eleven and one, you know, in non-conference. So everybody was hyped. Oh, this Virginia Tech team's the real deal. They opened up conference play with seven straight losses. Yeah, it's not good. And yet somehow people are still treating them like they're this team's the truth. They're going to be there. I don't know that that's true. Uh, I lean to Miami. I lean against the system here, mm. but. I, the way I've looked at it, I, I'm going to end up being on the over in this game. To me, is the way to go. Virginia, uh, excuse me, Virginia Tech, a much better offensive team at home than they've been on the road. They've struggled on the road, uh, and Miami, if the, the, whatever the questions are about them, they're all on the defensive side. Okay. So I like over 153 in this game. Okay. Uh, another system play, Creighton. Number which, which, 19. By the way, 175 points in the first matchup. That was oh, that's, uh, that's at, more at than, Miami. That's more than 153. That would have gotten you yeah. over. So Number 19, Creighton at home against number 10, Marquette. Creighton, this is actually a, uh, a larger system play if you just look at the spread because we talked about Texas A&M and Vatek both being one-point favorites, and we don't know if those lines move and cross over to them being the dogs. Creighton's a five and a half point favorite at home here over Marquette. Yeah, Creighton back in mid December lost to Marquette, sixty nine to fifty eight in Marquette. That game they didn't have Ryan Kalkbrenner. There's no RJ here to laugh at, at Ryan Kalkbrenner's name, but Ryan Kalkbrenner, for those who don't know, is I think the best player in the Big East. He's mm. seven foot one. He uh, has the seventh highest O rating in the country, uh, the highest true shooting percentage in the country, and he's an absolutely elite rim defender 
that's where he becomes a problem for Marquette, who Marquette loves to get their points at the bucket. That first game, oh, no Ryan Kalkbrenner, we're going to have our way. Marquette scores the highest percentage of points in from two. They've got the highest uh, shooting percentage from two-point shots in the country. They thrive mm-hmm. around the basket with Kalkbrenner there. I don't think it comes easy, so uh, I, I'm gonna I, I, I'm gonna only look at the Blue Jays here. Okay, uh, you, so you feel strongly about Creighton and yep. the system here? Nice system backer. How about this system play? Sporty Michigan State at home, three point favorites, unranked against number seventeen Indiana. So Indiana, these these two teams over the weekend both played interesting games. Indiana lost, or excuse me, Indiana won against Illinois in a game where Illinois didn't have their best player. So, and it was like down to the wire. Mm-hmm. I thought Indiana should have lost the game. They end up holding on and winning. Felt like a very, very phony win. Michigan State, on paper, you look at it, you say, oh, 84-72, they got blown out by Michigan. Well, they did that thing again where a team just doesn't score for the last five minutes of the game. And that's what happened to Michigan State in this one. Michigan pulled away late in that game. But for most of the game, Michigan State was in control. Is they 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 were they had upwards of a seven eight point lead for a good chunk of the middle of this game, and just the end game killed them. Now it, this goes back to who is the home team in in the Big Ten? Sixty two percent home teams are covering in Big Ten play. Wow, sixty two like no other qualifiers. Right, it's. Are you the home team? Are you playing another Big Ten team? Well, they should win straight up 62% of the time. That's nothing to write home about. Oh, but except, McKenzie, is it straight up or is it ATS? Oh, I actually did look at stuff. It is ATS. It's was... ATS. <laughs> 62% ATS for the home teams in the Big Ten. Like okay. 70% straight I'll be, up. And I listen, that's over the weekend. 110 games, it's something. I played, uh, I played a road team in the Big Ten this weekend. I played Iowa minus one Idiot. at Northwestern. Didn't you know about this? <laughs> I knew about it. I didn't know it to that extent. But Iowa minus one, it closed minus three. I was like, ooh, look at my closing line value on this Big Ten road favorite. No. I'm – listen, I'm not going to back another Big Ten road team. It's either look at the home team or pass for me going forward. Uh, In this one, if you can get under three, Mm -hmm. I think you look at Sparty. Uh, Don't mean to sound insensitive here, but – do you think there's some sort of emotional boost with this being the first home game after the you know the shooting that occurred? You know what? I, I don't know. I mean, you're trying to put my, myself in the place of college kids. I talked well, about this was, on the it, college it, basketball podcast. I know they, it was an emotional game when they played at Michigan because yeah. they, they canceled the game against Minnesota. Then they played against Michigan. They held the moment of silence. It was emotional. But now they're back on campus, and this is a home game. At the Breslin Center. Yeah, I, I would imagine there's going to be, I'm sure there will be a moment of silence and things like that. But I, I don't know how they react to it. All I can do is handicap what I've seen on the floor and what I know about the home courts here. Um, I Is an emotional thing a bad thing for Michigan State? Or if they're playing with emotion? I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, all I know is Michigan State is one of the teams. Michigan State right now is at 16 and 10. I don't think – I. I this is just a guess, but I can't imagine Tom Izzo's like, you know what? I feel really good about where we're at right now. Probably they're probably. I guess if the tournament started today, they're probably an eight or a nine seed. 
Like Michigan State needs to win some games down the stretch to to put themselves in a position where they're not having to play Kansas on day two of the NCAA tournament. So that's all the system plays. Not all the top 25 teams in action, though. Uh, Xavier, minus five and a half, hosting Villanova. We talked about the Baylor Bears earlier. They are two-point road favorites at Kansas State. Uh, and then Iowa State catching seven and a half at Texas. And then San Diego State minus 11 and a half hosting the Colorado State Rams at Viejas. A couple of uh, news and notes in the NBA. Uh, the news that came down early yesterday was Russell Westbrook, according to his agent, is going to or plans to sign with the Clippers. I guess, you know, you look around and you say, uh, well, where is he going to go? Because he's getting bought out by the Jazz, right, McKenzie? He's getting bought out by the Jazz. And so where's Russell Westbrook going to play? 34 years old. Why not chase a team that has some championship aspirations? Stay in L.A. where where you've been playing, right? Same, Same arena. He could probably get the same Don't locker. Don't got to get a new condo. Like, it's good things. Actually, it's probably a different locker because they have different locker rooms. But anyway, he's going to sign with the Clippers. Well, get this. Bet Online had the Clippers odds. By the way, can, every time we talk about locker rooms, can you yeah. do a Rocky, please? Is it too much to ask? You put my stuff on Skid Row? <laughs> you put my stuff yeah. in the Clippers locker yeah. room? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. So Bet Online had the Clippers odds to win the title at 11 to 1. And their odds to win the Western Conference. At plus 550. After the news of Russell Westbrook planning to sign with the Clippers, BetOnline moved the Clippers. Naturally, there's going to be movement with a player signing with them. 12 to 1 to win the (laughs) NBA Finals. And plus 600 to win the Western Conference. The Clippers' odds to win got worse with the news of signing Russell Westbrook. Well, it's such a small adjustment. Don't you think that's Dave Mason saying... Uh, hey, Russell Westbrook haters, or Westbrook, it would be the opposite. Russell Westbrook lovers, if you really want to defend your guy here, let me just give you a little bit more sprinkle on our pizza here uh, to entice some couple. I mean, it doesn't really affect the books, the percentage odds, outcomes, but uh, you know, our consensus odds has them at eleven to one. I don't think they should change very much at all because this is a this is a flyer that's not going to work. You're going to try it. This happened with John Wall. They played him, didn't work, didn't play him. That's that's how I see this playing out. Isn't it like a? It's just a. It's a a no lose situation for the Clippers, right? I mean, they're not paying him the forty seven million dollars. No, no. <laughs> that's the Jazz and the Lakers' responsibility. Yeah. So if he comes in and he gives you, you know, productive minutes, why not? And he's you know boys with Paul George, a couple of different Clippers. Marcus Morris advocated for him, but on the court, I don't see how it works. They're the best shooting team, and they already have two elite. Wing players that want to make the decisions when the game's on the court. I guess maybe if one of them's hurt, it could. It could I mean, that was the theory with the Lakers. Yeah. LeBron or Anthony Davis is going to miss games. He's gonna, he can be the guy, but it's either a Westbrook team or it's not. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really fit when it's not. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, elsewhere, Patrick Beverly is going to sign with the Chicago Bulls. You like that move? No, not really. <laughs> I mean, th- th- he doesn't fix their problems. I mean, he does have you know better defense, but their offense hasn't been good this year. They've you know kind of regressed. On that side of the ball, at least they were a good offensive team last year, so I don't see how it helps anything for them. And the more important news around the NBA, Giannis dealing with a ligament sprain in his right wrist. What can you tell us about this, Mac? Uh, not too much yet. He's going to see a second opinion, which is not what you want to hear as a Bucks fan. Um, I mean, I guess the 
good news is that it's long enough away where uh, they can, you know, work them back in the lineup. We saw this with Curry last year where, you know, first game of the playoffs is not always a bad place to start your season. Well, it says here in this article I'm reading, um, the expectations he'll be able to return to the lineup once the pain subsides. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, this is the kind of injury, if it was a playoffs, he would just play. He would would be part of his lore and he would play. But right now you look at where the Bucs are in the standings and you're thinking, uh, we're all right. Honestly, in the East, there's going to be the final four. I, I, I'm sorry to break everybody's bubble, but this is the final four. The Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Cavs. I'm not sh- exactly sure of the order, but wake me up on May 20th when those four are in the final four in the East. Really, uh, I'm, like, I'm, they're I'm, all angling against those matches. Listen, I'm going to wake you up when uh, Jalen Brunson and the Knicks are in the final four of the Eastern Conference playoffs. <laughs> who okay? you're talking to here, McKenzie? Yeah. How, how dare you? How <laughs> dare you? Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Randle. About, to let you, about to let you know who he is. I, uh, you know what? Three-point contest extraordinaire, <laughs> Julius Randle. Like, even looking, I mean, the standings say that, that, that McKenzie's right, but in my head, I'm still like, for whatever reason, because it always seems like they find a way, it feels like the Miami Heat, the heat. will somehow snake their way into that final the four. Zombie Heat. They, they just they can't be counted out. They're never good enough to be there, and they always are. I, <laughs> yeah. I don't understand the Miami Heat. So that, that would that's the one team I would look at as a wild card. And they're going to get some reinforcements because they're bringing in Cody Zeller and Kevin Love. Oh, well, that I was, was going to say you led with Cody Zeller. Yeah. Like, hey, they're going to bring in Kevin Love is a Hall of Famer, you, man. My, Miami Heat legend Kevin Love. Is that who you're talking about? And, oh, well. After Cody Zeller, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. AJ, we talked a little bit yesterday about XFL opening weekend, and here to talk more about the XFL is the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, and I guess he's our XFL expert here now at pregame, with apologies to, I, your, uh, to, to you. So, <laughs> Steve, thanks for joining us here on SOVAM. How was your weekend? How did you enjoy opening weekend of the XFL and your time in lovely Lake Tahoe? So I had to get back by Saturday for the XFL and college basketball, but Tahoe was beautiful. What, I, was your wife thrilled when you're like, "Hun, we got to get back. Why do we got to get back early? The XFL is starting. She's already t- well. I, I got to be there for college basketball Saturday also. But the she, and and you know pull back the curtain. Like all the money is to be made. Um, all the money, the easiest money because I'm I'm a live betting specialist. Sure. Right? So and unfortunately, live betting don't work nearly as well in baseball, especially because they got rid of the designated hitter. So all of a sudden, having six, seven, eight coming up isn't like the death knell that mm-hmm. it used to be when the pitcher had to bat. Um, but I basically, my, my buddy, um, Ruben, I'll, I'll call him Ruben. So the Ruben says the, um, uh, maybe we should call him the pastrami. Okay. That's, that's like the that. nickname he likes, but he like that, the Dagwood, he goes by all these sandwich nicknames. So pastrami you says, you're a great, great big fat person. He's not thin. So pastrami <laughs> says that. Basically, I'm an idiot to like like I should just take all summer off because he's like, well, look look at what you make per hour during you know live betting college basketball and these other sports and football compared to trying to win you know other stuff live and but I I still go back to the live is so much better than almost always than than anything I'm doing pre flop. Now, it, what he's saying is you shouldn't even be betting during the summertime, like. Is there something to that? Like, is it is it negative EV for you to even try and bet baseball live anymore? What, no, like- no. What he's saying is that it's it's like you're being a poker player, and you can play, um, you can play the weekends against tourists, or you can play the weekdays against a table full of pros. And if you're a really good poker player, you'll still win. 
but why you're, you're, what you make per hour is going to be like one-tenth. Why bother? Right. Mm-hmm. Why bother? Just rest That's up. A good point. Just rest up. Do your Start doing your research for the coming year. You know, your time's better spent doing that. Well, I thought that the games were kind of interesting this weekend. I, I, I'm a fan of the rules. I got to be honest with you. They're great. I, 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 a game is never over. You're never you're never down too many points because of the three point play after a touchdown. If you're down 18 points, that's just two possessions. And let's say you're down 18 late in the fourth quarter, you can score, get the nine point play, and then get the ball get, back. Get the ball back with the fourth and 15 rule and score another nine point possession. So. I know Wade Phillips, I believe, at the end of the uh, the the Houston, what, Houston, right? Wade yes. Phillips? Yep. They kicked the field goal because he wanted to go from 18 to 21. Had to make it a three-possession game. Had to make it a three-possession game. That was actually the shining moment for Wade Phillips, who did not come across as as a sharp oh, cookie. Wade's not a real Brett guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's 90. That doesn't help. But you think about that mentality, knowing that 18 points is just two possessions. And like I mentioned, with the fourth and 15, you could get the ball back after, not easily, but uh, better odds than if you were to kick a regular onsides kick. I thought it was, I think, I thought it was great. I think it leads to a lot of interesting coaching decisions late in games. Absolutely. By the way, in college basketball, just stop with the, it's a three possession game when you're down nine points. You know what? Unless Reggie Miller comes out of retirement and, and, and both my point (laughs) guards break their legs. It's not a three possession game. Anyone who watches college basketball knows it's a 23 possession game because it's going to be a foul fest to the bitter end. But, but this is absolutely true. And, And we saw it. You know, um, you know, just this very week with the team getting the you know eight points as the octopus. I need it. I need a term for the nine pointer. What are we going to call this? The something new nova new new event. So, I don't know. <laughs> I've got no idea. <laughs> Not my expertise, but I mean, how the look, novelty? How's that? How many times do you think this year what we saw in that game happens? How many times do we do we see a comeback like that? Where a team gets a nine pointer, nine pointer, and, still and then needs gets more points, and then gets the fourth down conversion, and then gets the ball back. Once we uh, gets the ball back and winds up winning, yeah, once, and we already saw we already it. so we're not so, going to see it again. So 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 we saw so St. Louis. If you missed it, if you blinked, that's it. Well, well think about probabilistically, you've got um, you've got like a one six chance to make the 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 conversion from the ten. Mm-hmm. All right, and then you got a one six chance. To make it, you know, f- from fourth and fifteen, so that's one in thirty-six. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to get thirty-six kicks at the can? No, 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 we're not. Not with four games a week, we're not. Do you think teams should go for three all the time? No, um, the because you're going to make it about at most you're going to make it like probably just under twenty percent of the time from the ten. Call, even if you call twenty percent, wildly optimistic. Point two times three mm-hmm. is a point six points. So. If you make it 30% from the five, which I think is very realistic, that's worth 0.6 points. I don't think – I, th- I think as far as the numbers, you're um, you're going to easily maximize your expectation going for the two-pointer from the five. Is there ever a time where teams should be going for the one other than a tie game or that's all they need to, to win? Sure. If you're up nine, <laughs> well, if you're up nine, got to get up ten. got to make it a, t- a two-possession game, right? I feel like if you're lining up for the one, the other team knows you're just going to run the ball. Yeah, and then if you line up for the two, they're like, "Oh, they're prop. Maybe they're going to pass it." If you line up for the three, it's like they're definitely passing it. Right. And so I guess you can could adjust. I guess Scott, you could argue that a, a, a thirty-six point deficit is still a one-possession game because 
as long as you've got Joe Montana quarterback, the other team's never going to see the ball, right? True. In the fourth quarter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Montana or A.J. McCarron. Listen, if whoever. you start the fourth quarter with the football and you're down 30 points, you don't ever have to give the other team the ball if you're successful. Right? I think we saw Orlando choose not – they were down big, and I think I, I may have been mixing my teams up, but I think it was Orlando where they wound up um, – you know, not trying the fourth. They kicked 15. it off. Yeah, yeah, and down, down two scores with six minutes to play. That wasn't the best look. No. I just think you know there wasn't a lot of good looks for Orlando. No, maybe. no. But like, thinking about football, no. thinking about football, especially cl- plays down at the goal line, right? You know, it gets all jumbled there with the amount of defenders, especially if you're running some, you know, passing plays. I would think that as a, as an offense, you'd rather have more room with a play from the 10-yard line than a play from the 5-yard line. It allows your receivers to actually run routes. You know, that's that's what they say, but the data doesn't support it sure. at, at all. It's kind of like the— um, Then again, we're also playing with below-practice squad players. So if this was the NFL, maybe it would be a different situation. Yeah, the um, it does seem— uh, you don't have some. You don't have guys with cannon arms to be able to fire the ball. But yeah, it's, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Like like with Mahomes, it's like it's really hard to stop that guy fourth and four. But fourth and one, and they hand the ball off. It's like ooh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> stuffed for no gain. So are you going week by week? Are you making power rankings for the XFL? How are you going about your handicapping process here? Yeah. So the one weakness is that. I have to have a starting power rating. Once mm-hmm. I have a I'm cool. I know yeah. how to adjust, all right? So the starting power rating is a challenge, and I basically, you know what I did? I, I took the point, the closing point spreads. So if a team, if it was on a neutral, which they they aren't, but bear with me. If a team is favored by four on a neutral to start week one, they are a plus two, <laughs> and the other team is a minus two because the, in the futures market, these teams were so close together that there wasn't that much of a difference. So I'm using that kind of as my starting point and then adjusting accordingly. But um, it's clear, you know, one thing, it's not clear who the best team is, but it's very clear that the Orlando guards, um, they're kind of like the longest yard. You know, the guards were uh, yeah. overrated. Yeah, or the Orlando Guardians are not, and Paxton Lynch or or Normandy, as I like to call their backup, newly promoted starting It was supposed to be, Andre Francois was supposed to be the backup, too, like I, and he didn't even get on. I don't know what the Orlando, what the game plan is for Orlando. I saw an incredible Paxton Lynch stat, and give me a second, I'm going to pull it up. I, I thought this was hilarious. It had something to do with him becoming the first player to be benched in the NFL, XFL, USFL and CFL. CFL. That's it. NFL, CFL, USFL, and XFL. He's gotten benched in every single Not one. Not just leagues. the hat trick, the golden yeah. sombrero. I'm proud of him, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I, and remember there was how many first round remember, picks could do that? Remember there was a time when this was the cover of Sports Illustrated. I love it. Paxton Lynch, the successor. <laughs> what a, what a wild. You know who loves Paxton Lynch. Osweiler. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. Because it's taken all. Got the, him a lot of money. Yes, the um, but but you know, Paxton. I still go back to like like like. What's the problem? The offense isn't moving. It's like we just got one guy that keeps fucking up, and, <laughs> and it's like, and then he's not doing his job, and everyone else is being compromised because of it. What a team player that guy is. Any other tips you want to leave us with, Fez? We're going to talk to you later in the week, and I'm sure we'll get some XFL plays for uh, week two of the season. But anything else that you're dabbling in right now? Are you like getting ready for conference tournament time and college hoops? 
Always. But if you're if you're playing first half, if you're looking at totals, I would look towards first half unders. I know the market somewhat has adjusted already. This is XFL. XFL. Yeah. Thank you. XFL second half is going to be higher scoring than first halves. Uh, part of that being teams going for that nine pointer late in the game. Yeah, makes sense. And then yeah. going for the 15 yarder and coming up empty and the other teams already on their 25. We need a name for that nine pointer. I said it's called the novelty. The Nazgul. The Nazgul. The Nazgul. No, I like the novelty better. I like the Nazgul. The Nazgul Nine from the <laughs> Lord of the Rings. I'm calling that the Nazgul. <laughs> well, thanks, Fez. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you later in the week. Thank you. What an interesting day in the NHL yesterday. Uh, I tweeted out some of my, I don't want to call them frustrations, but there were some fluky outcomes. If you If you look at analytics like I do, and certainly you can look at box scores and you can see a team that's just dominating in the stats, right? Out shooting uh, their opponents, but also like the expected goals. I get down with XGF, you know, expected goals for some of these results just did not play out the way that uh, they should have played out. They were expected. Yeah. Most notably the Rangers losing to the Jets four to one New York outshot Winnipeg in this game. 51 to 21. I wonder what side Scott had. Oh, I didn't no. give it out. I, I didn't like, I, I mean, I'm a Rangers, fan. I'm a Rangers guy. Yeah. yeah. Plus the Rangers also fall into our system of uh, the home team being a favorite against road the road back team back. on the back to back. The only thing, the only difference is that if you use the tightener, <laughs> the tightener, to get to the the dogs of plus 150 or greater, the Jets didn't qualify for this. So while, yes, this did did qualify for the uh, now 53 and – or 52 and 103 system. You wanted more. I wanted more, which is what I got out of the Boston Bruins. We'll get to that game in just a moment. Thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome, and the clients like that as well. Uh, so the Rangers lose four to one despite outshooting Winnipeg 51-21. They should have had more goals if you just looked at the XGF. At one point in the third period, they outshot them 44 to 15. Just it happens. Things happen in hockey. You know, that's baseball season. So that was one result that was kind of interesting. The Sharks 4-0 over the Kraken. Islanders beat the Penguins 4-2, come from behind fashion. They score three goals in the uh, third period. The Flyers beat the Flames 4-3. The Panthers barely beat the Ducks 4-3. Now, this was another system play. I had talked about it on yesterday's show, and I've been talking about it. The minus 400 or greater favorites in the NHL. Coming into this game, 11 and 1 straight up. 11 straight wins. All 11 wins covering the minus a goal and a half puck line. That's crazy. Think about that. All 11 wins by two or more goals. And if you looked at how many goals each team was scoring, they had scored at least five goals in six straight games against those heavy underdogs. Now you look at the Ducks, who had allowed six or more goals in their last four straight games. I was looking at this game thinking, Florida's going to blow them out, right? Florida <laughs> Florida outshot the Ducks 55-32. to 32. That seems good. And John 
freaking Gibson makes 51 saves? The Panthers win the game 4-3 to three in overtime. They were down 2-0 after the first period. The best bet I made yesterday was I bet the Panthers in the second period because I was watching the game. They were down 2-0, and they had so many shots on goal, and I'm like, this, this is outrageous. Now, now, listen, I lost on Panthers' puck line, and I lost on Panthers' team total over 4.5. Here's my question. But I'm though. sitting there, and I was like, they're going to win the second period. And so I bet them minus a half a goal in the second period, and they they did. They tied the game up 2-2. When you initially came up with – when you were looking into this system, had you just played the Panthers to win, you win this bet. I know you're not comfortable laying the big that. juice. Yes, yes. And, if I was Steve Fezzik, I would have laid minus 430. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, because isn't that – That's the system. But if you also so you're, look, are you do you believe in the system or not? But this is the thing. The system was <laughs> also – if I just told you the system wasn't straight up and the right. system was puck line, you would have said – That's a new system, yeah. That's the, that's the system, right? Yeah. We're betting the minus 400 favorite on the puck line because there was 11 straight wins, 11 and 1 the system. So now – It sounds like the college basketball system when I picked it up. Yeah. Like, uh, so now, <laughs> now the system is 12 and 1 straight up. For the teams that are favored, minus 400 or greater, but 11-2 and two on the minus a goal and a half puck line. We have another one of these games coming up here on Tuesday night. I will get to that in just a moment. Let me recap the one other game from yesterday, which was our big system play. The Bruins, as the heavy home favorite against the team playing on the second of a back-to-back on the road, they were more than a plus 150 underdog. It fell into the tighteners because we love to tight, tighten things up. Here's what you do. I can't tell you to lose weight, but go home, weigh yourself, subtract 20 from that number, and weigh that. We just want you to tighten tighten up. Come on. Knocked up? Anybody? Yeah, Anybody? Yeah. Come on, guys. A little tight. Yeah, Kristen Wiig's hilarious in that scene. Yeah. You know, go home, weigh yourself, just subtract 20, and weigh that. <laughs> so, Bruins win 3-1. to one. So they cover that again. System now is fifty-two and one hundred three straight up uh, puck line. A little bit of a different story, but the tighteners is what turns it from a sixty-seven percent trend to a seventy-three percent trend. And I wonder if that trend's stronger in early morning games. You know, if it's back to back, you're yeah, on the road. It could be a little, little, you know, sleepier. That's part of the handicap that I gave out. I made it a three-star play on pregame.com, and the reason being was. It was Ottawa had to come back and now play an early game, uh, and it just wasn't conducive to for them to have success. So now we look at Tuesday, and there are quite the system play. Which system would you like to start with, Mackenzie? The winning system. Well, they're, they're both winning the, systems. The one that we just won on the road back to back. Okay, so the road back to back. So we're looking we're at fading. teams. We're looking at teams this year that are on the road. And our underdogs on the second of a back-to-back. We have the Ducks playing the second of a back-to-back in, uh, where are the Ducks playing? In Tampa against the Lightning. Tampa is minus 550. By the way, that's a double system. We'll get to that in a second. The other game would be the Flyers playing the second of a back-to-back. They are in Edmonton against the Oilers. Edmonton minus 320, and the Oilers are hungry because they've lost four straight games. 
I'm interested in any team that's lost on a losing streak and a big favorite. That just seems like a perfect situation in any sport to back. I have a feeling that I will be all over the fighting Connor McDavid's. <laughs> but now let's look at the other system that we talked about, which is the minus 400 or greater favorites that are now 12 and one straight up. And here's what we're looking at for that. We have quite the few. So we have season 2022, and we look at line being minus 400 or greater. The Tampa Bay Lightning against the Ducks. That's a double system play. We have the minus 400 or greater favorite. We have the home team as a big favorite against the team playing on the second night of a back-to-back. The problem is, how do we lay this big a number? How can we attack this game so that it makes betting sense? I wish we had a hockey expert that could, you know, provide some recommendation for us. I feel like the only way is to take the lightning on the minus a goal and a half puck line, but it's minus 195. You just don't want to lay juice. Well, I'm okay with the minus 195. Now, here's my hesitation. Here's the hesitation, boys. The hezzy. I mentioned the Rangers were a a hesitation for me yesterday. Why? It's their first game back after a road trip. It's usually a fade spot for teams. This is Tampa's first game back after a four-game West Coast road trip. That's usually a fade spot. But I also feel that with Tampa being three points behind Toronto in the Atlantic Division standings, they got to get their shit together. This is a game they got to win. You're playing one of the worst teams in hockey. You're at home. Yeah. They got to win the game. So Uh, doesn't that make minus 500 a good bet? Listen, speaking of good bets, I I, I heard somebody (laughs) yesterday, and I'm not going to name names because I'm not in the the business of calling people out or whatnot. Go ahead. It was me. on on, On a reputable network, by the way, and a person that, you know, is respected. I mean, a formerly net, reputable a, network. A network that's respected formerly in the respected industry uh, said that a good bet to make was Victor Wembanyama. Yama? Wembanyama. Yeah. Just Vic- call him Wimby. Or Victor. Yeah. Victor to be the number one pick in the draft. Minus what? Eight million? He's he's minus seven thousand, and he said, "You know what, guys? I got an idea yeah. for a bet, yeah. <laughs> a wager. I'd like to propose." Yeah. yeah, yeah. They didn't mention the odds, but they're like, "You know, it's the safest bet you can make out there." Is like Victor like the Wembanyama, carryest the bet you to can be the make out there. Overall pick. Like, like seven hundred thousand to dude, make a buck, if, dude, 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 dude. If you want like free money, dude. Like, all you got to do is just bet, like, Ven Bignana to be, like, the number one overall pick, dude. Because that's totally free money. Because this kid's going to be the number one overall pick. I, I could just throw well, this out there. <laughs> I don't know what the odds are. Know something. <laughs> I don't know what the odds are that the sun's going to come out tomorrow. <laughs> but it's probably about the same as Victor Wimbayama being the first pick. And I know that the sun isn't, like going to land wrong and hyperextend his <laughs> knee and have some, like, terrible injury. Like, it, there's almost zero chance that happens. You still bet minus 10,000 for the sun to come out tomorrow. I don't know that I would. <laughs> I'd feel a lot better about better, the sun coming out than the next, like, than Wimbayama. Like, crazy things have happened before. Like, you can be the surefire number one and something crazy happens and all of a sudden it's like, uh, 
Maybe not. Remember you know? the scene from Vegas Vacation? Yeah, I wouldn't lay 10000 Sorry. Here's an idea. Why don't you just give me $20? <laughs> we'll go out back. I'll kick you in the nuts, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> That's what I felt like saying to the person that was recommending to an audience to wager minus 6000 well, 7000 And the best thing is, not only do you risk that, they keep it for four months. Right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. <laughs> At least with the sun listen, coming up, bet you'll know tomorrow. Listen, you get paid out. Listen, I'll house anybody that wants to place that bet. I'll house the bet. Really? I mean, me too. I'll house I'll, I'll, I'll go get a certificate deposit with and that I'll, money. I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. Back. I'll give you, let's say, what's the odds? Minus 7,000. I'll give you minus 6,500. Oh, you give me a discount. Yeah. yeah. You're opening up a new book. You want, some, you want to bring in some customers. <laughs> you give me your money. I'll hold on to it for the next four months. I'll spend it, but then I'll, you know, I'll, I'll get, I'll make it back, and then I'll give you the payout. I'll tell you, I'll give you minus six thousand. I think that's the last number that I saw. Minus six thousand. Seems fair. Yeah. So it's been widely reported that the Olympics are in Paris in 2024. I'm telling you right now, you want to bet minus ten thousand that it's, that the Paris Olympics do not happen in Paris in 2024. I'll take it on. I'll take it on right now. <laughs> give me ten thousand dollars. I'll give you hundred bucks in four years. That's what I'm saying. No problem. <laughs> if you want to give me six G's, I'll give you sixty one hundred in a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> Just Got give it. it to me right now. Uh, <laughs> let's run through the rest of the schedule here because tonight in the NHL, it's all about the massive favorites. Okay, uh, there's only a couple of games that are actually relatively de- normal lines. I was going to say decent, but normal lines. So here we go. Hurricanes, minus 345 against the Blues. Devils, minus 365 against the Canadians. We mentioned the Lightning, minus 550 against the Ducks. How about the uh, Golden Knights, minus 292 at the Blackhawks. The Oilers, minus 320 home against the Flyers. Here are your decently normal games. Wild, minus 130 at home against the Kings. Maple Leafs minus 165 on the road against Buffalo. Capitals minus 160 at home against the Red Wings. If you're interested in getting one of these minus 550 plays or minus 6,000 as an expert play, <laughs> uh, you can head to pregame.com and take 20% off. I mean, listen, if the info out, if the info that we're giving you is to bet a minus 6,000 favorite, then you should take 20% yeah. off of that play, you know. <laughs> Three-star play. You got to take 20% off of it. Uh, We gave you out some promo codes this week and last week, and we're going to give you uh, another chance to use them if you haven't already. So either promo code will be good for you if you haven't used it yet. AJ20 or Scott20. AJ20, Scott20. Either promo code is going to get you 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. I always recommend the season-long subscription packages because it's the best way to get the bang for your buck. But if you want to just, you know, put your get your feet wet, test the waters a little bit, get a daily best bet package. McKenzie's got a best bet coming up for Thursday NBA. You can get 20% off of that. AJ's got a college basketball three-star play for tonight, right? Yes, sir. You can get 20% off of that. I'm going to give you a minus 6,000 favorite. That's for free, guys. But uh, it's generous. If man. I did charge for that one, you can take 20% off. AJ20, Scott20 at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman and Steve Fessick, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.